This is Just Football. Yes, welcome to another episode of Just Football. And this one promises to be a fully packed one based on some events that happened over the, the weekend. But we'll get to that soon enough. With me, I've got Dave and a returning Dan S. Hi, Dan. You fully refreshed from your week off? Do you know what? I'd forgotten I was away. So, so as you were saying that, I was like, oh, yeah, I was away for a week. Yeah, I'm obviously feeling refreshed, but I'm well, well back into it now. Dave, you're, you you okay? You feeling refreshed? <laughs> I'm feeling great. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get straight on onto this because I did have an agenda, but depending on where some of the conversation is going to go, we might not get through it all. Hold on. Um, Hold on. That? <laughs> what is that? I've uh, I've been quite strict with these two about the agenda. He sent yeah. across four versions of it for anyone who's listening, but two two point five. There was two and a half. <laughs> I'm just saying, depending on how much you talk on on particular one, which I'm sure some people have guessed. But let's let's crack on. So we start Davis's with the Premier dog. League. What's that? Ben Davis's dog. Ben Davis's dog. Yeah. Go on then. Tell us about Ben Davis's dog. <laughs> <laughs> ben Davis obviously plays for Tottenham. Uh, lost his dog over the weekend, and. Um, it was a big, it was, I say big, it was a social media campaign and the dog's now been returned safe and sound um, with a reward. So the power that's of another social episode. <laughs> that's another episode of Just Football. Join us next week for more talk about footballers' dogs. No, that's, um... uh, no, that's, what type that's, of dog of interest? I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about dogs. Fair enough. So football news, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was it was a really interesting week in the, in the Premier League for a, for a number of reasons. The obvious one I'm going to come to at the end, so don't worry. But I think we'll start with um, come, well, there was there were some really big results. So Man City lost their first game of the season. They were beaten two one um, by Wolves, and yeah, that's you know they, it looked like Wolves had a really good game against them as well, didn't they? I only saw the the, the highlights on on match of the day. Um, but Wolves were at home, weren't they? It was, was it City away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's obviously a, a good result. I feel like Wolves have beaten them before. I feel like that that result has kind of happened in the past. Um, and like a bogey team, perhaps. Yeah, maybe I might be making it up. So please don't fact check it. But um, yeah, really, really oh. good result for Wolves. Well, I think please we're do. happy to spread rumours. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please do fact check and let us know. Um, yeah, so so that was yeah. I think it came as a bit of a bit of a shock though. So yep, two one to Wolves. Then the other big one for me that I want to highlight second was Luton winning their first game, and it was two one away to Everton. Now that is a massive result for them, really, especially against the opponents it was against. I think it's huge. I think for them particularly, obviously, there's a lot of talk about them going straight back down, more so than any of the other teams. And to kind of get that monkey off their back to kind of have the first Premiership win, I just hope they can um, stay away from the spotlight for a little while and, and have the people focus on the teams which are actually down there and not won a game yet. So, yeah, good, great result for Luton. I mean, just for context, that now puts them out the bottom three um, and level on points with Everton. And as of recording, Chelsea played tonight, but they're only... Uh, only one point off Chelsea at the moment, so that just shows what's happening at the bottom of the table there. Who, who are Chelsea playing? 
uh, Fulham, I believe, tonight. That's right. Um, I forgot to change, put Leno back in my fantasy football again. Yeah, they're, they're away to Fulham, so which is a is a huge game for Chelsea as well. Um, at, I mean, at this stage, they feel like they're all big games. But now, yeah, that was an amazing result for Luton. Um, and it kind of like I said, if they can pick up a couple of, um, I mean, that wasn't even at home, but if they can pick up a couple of results like that. Um, well, That's Tottenham great. Tottenham go there this weekend, so uh, let's <laughs> yeah. have a little break for a week and then get back to winning ways. Yeah, if you're hearing that, Luton. Um, <laughs> the, the next one, which will have pleased Lord Joey a lot, was Aston Villa thumping Brighton 6-1. Now, I think that was a bit of a surprise as well. I'm not saying the win, but the manner of the victory, um, and that included an Ollie Watkins hat-trick. Yeah, with Gareth Southgate watching as well. Oh, really? Yeah, so he was at the ground. But yeah, yeah he, I'll, so go on, Dave. I, I believe Southgate's about to announce the next squad for uh, internationals. I guess it's the autumn internationals. Yeah. And what can she be part of it? Well, we know it's Southgate, isn't it? So Phillips uh, on the on the sheet first, Maguire on the sheet first. And... <laughs> no, so I believe that's Solly Watkins' second hat trick as well. Is so. it second hat trick? Is it this season? Second hat trick this season? Plus we've got this season, uh, but it's um, yeah, he's he's just definitely one to watch, isn't he? I mean, he's uh, Villa fans are probably worried about other clubs coming in next season. Yeah. I think that's the problem, isn't it? Whether you've got players that are doing really well, and you will never guess who put him in their fancy football team this week for his first week. No, you did, but I already had him. So, no. uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just, just football fancy football team have got him as captain as well. Oh, really? Wow. What? Yeah, I had Haaland, which was really annoying. <laughs> um, but yeah, One so season Villa, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Villa fifth at the moment with that win. But I think for me, it's against Brighton. It's that, it's that manner of that, or the size of that victory against Brighton, who, you know, rightly so, everyone does praise a lot. So I think that's that's very much a statement, statement yeah. result, that. Yeah, Can I draw a comparison? Uh, between Brighton and Arsenal under the Arsene Wenger era. There were times where Arsenal were really good, dominating games, and now the old game with us gets smashed, like randomly smashed. And that, that's what it kind of feels like with Brighton at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we, we'll see how they can bounce back from it uh, next bounce week. Bounce back ability. That's it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Uh, Arsenal won for their way to Bournemouth and picked that up. They had two penalties with one converted by Havertz for his first goal. So that feels like that was a relief for him um, and potentially some of the fan base that were giving him a bit of stick. I didn't see that game, to be honest, Dave. Did you Did you have any other views on that? It match? was a three o'clock kickoff, so we're not allowed to watch it. Highlights. I'm sure you saw some highlights of the game. I, I saw 97 minutes of highlights. The, uh, yeah, it was too easy, if I'm being honest. Um, Bournemouth didn't threaten at all. Uh, the penalties were penalties, nothing contentious about them. Yeah, it's just a win, isn't it? What do you think, because um, obviously a few people have spoken about this over the weekend, about giving Havertz uh, the penalty? Because um, when you kind of like see like Shearer talk or other strikers, they would go, not a ch- I would never, ever give the ball to someone else, no matter what the score. But I'm kind 
I kind of feel like, so what? <laughs> like, let him have it. Let him let him break his duck. I've I've got no issue with it at all. And here, here's why. One is pretty booster his confidence, but I think earlier this uh, earlier episodes we talked about. You know, when we go back to fantasy football, I had Saka as a vice captain. Yeah. And he takes penalties. But they've been... So Saka and Erdogan have been taking penalties this season. So yeah. you don't know who's going to take it. So they've been swapping already. So yeah. adding another player into the mix doesn't bother me. Yeah. As, as long as they score, that's they the were 2-0 up. They were 2-0 up, and I think they were in control of the game, right? So Oh, easily, yeah. So even if, say, you'd missed it, you'd think there's got to be... a a shocking turn of events to to make them rue that, right? But yeah. yeah, very good penalty as well. But just while we're talking about Fantasy League, actually, I, I believe I saw a report saying that the Brighton keeper uh, put Ollie Watkins in for that, that game week. And no. So that's, that's what, yeah, so let the conspiracy theories begin there as well. But I'm sure I saw that. Um, again, don't fact check me. Or, or come at us, or, or come at just football, not me. Um, around the other matches, yeah, yeah, casting views on the game. Um, I, <laughs> I think, yeah, Crystal Palace beat Man United at Old Trafford, so their woes continue. But I think we said, was it last week or the week before? Uh, well, I know I said I don't rate Ten Hag as a manager, and I think everything speaks to itself, really. Where May not as hard, their position, the way they're playing, it's, it's good. It, yeah, it just feels like, I don't know, you know, I'm not a fan of them, so, I, I, you know, I don't know exactly, but it feels like there's no real identity or or what's the plan there at the moment. Do, do you know what I mean? There's no light at the end of a tunnel, is there? There's nothing, it just seems like mediocrity and just like continues that way and sometimes they pick up a result. Um and then a lot of the time they don't. And it's it's just not the Man United we're used to, is it? It's you yeah. know, we all grew up with Man United being so good and picking up so many results. You would you know, when we were younger, Man United losing at home to Crystal Palace is inconceivable. Mm. Like you, you yeah. never never see it coming, would you? Um but I think times change. Yeah, it's great, and Anderson is in my fantasy football team as well. <laughs> but just on them as well for a move, it's like United, like you're saying, Dan, they've had in the past a history of like real strong leaders on the pitch, and it's just like where, where is that now? Yeah, it's it, Bruno it's, Fernandes now. But but is he as Yeah, they they do need a Roy Keane type character, don't they, to kind of go in and kind of really give him a telling off. And is that or Roy what Kent. Martinez is or meant to be? I know he's out injured at the moment, but he's. Known as a butcher, he's got a bit of an attitude on the pitch, but yeah. Well, it's you know. it just seems to be getting tougher for United at the moment, so um, we'll see. Oh, other than side note on this, other than they're still obviously in the Carabao Cup, but did you see they got drawn? Was it at home for the twelfth tie in a row? Was yeah. it? Which has never happened before, isn't it? The twelfth domestic no tie in a in a row at home, which it shouldn't happen either, statistically. No. But you know the irony. I saw um, an internet personality, a social media media personality, who is of the Man United uh, fandom, complain that he thinks it's fixed, but fixed because they got Newcastle. So he was saying that he thinks the balls are heated, so they know who to pick against United. So they say it's intentional. He said we should be getting one of the lower teams now. One 
you shouldn't be getting anyone. It's a random draw. Two, keep your mouth quite, you know, keep your mouth closed when you've been drawn 12 times in a row at home when that's almost impossible. Well, not impossible, but it's never happened before. Well, it's, it's funny because I was speaking to a Man United fan. He, we were talking about it was 12 home games in a row and he kind of stated it like it was an achievement. <laughs> it's, it's not an achievement. You've just you know, fallen on the the favourable side of a 50-50 12 times in a yeah. row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Newcastle beat Burnley 2-0. West Ham beat Sheffield United 2-0. But we get to the game, which I think a few people have spoken about uh, a little bit over the weekend. Tottenham 2, yeah, Tottenham 2, Liverpool 1. Now, before we get into the main bit, so this that, that result does leave Arsenal and Tottenham as the only teams unbeaten in the Premier League. So North London at the moment seem to be um, jovial places. But let's, obviously we're going to have to discuss the main talking point of the game. There was a lot of decisions that have um, overwhelmed people up, I've rightly absolutely rightly or wrongly but as far as I can see there was two possibly three events in the game so we've got the um, the disallowed goal and we've got the first red card so who wants to start and where do you want to start I mean and ultimately the, the second red card as well is also contentious yeah yeah potentially but I've, let, I've got let's, other things let's... that are contentious as well but well, we'll sh- let's let's go for it then. Should we discuss? I think the big one is going to be the the disallowed goal first. I think so. For those who didn't see it, it was Luis Diaz, wasn't it? Luis Diaz scored a goal, ruled offside. He was clearly onside, I think. But was it, what what was weird? So Dan, I think you said you saw an update today on on where no, the confusion I saw, came I saw, from. So, so I saw a theory. So basically, when I saw this, and you know. This is clear. This is factually incorrect, this decision. This was definitely... There's none of this, you know, 50% of people in one camp and 50% of people Lines in the drawn other. wrong or anything. Line, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's factually the goal should have stood. Um, but I, I will add that when you watch it in real time, I don't think I noticed it in real time. It's only when they started showing replays that you notice it. And I don't think the pundits really started talking about it being an incorrect decision until half-time, which I also thought was quite interesting um as as well but i've been trying to work out all weekend the theory of you know they've obviously explained it and the pgmr have, have come out and apologized for this and they've explained it as a human error but it doesn't that doesn't mean anything in the real world that someone's made a mistake i want to know how someone could make a mistake yeah. at that level and i read today that the theory that the the var officials had actually thought that the on-field um, decision was actually a goal so they didn't feel the need to intervene and when they realised they didn't intervene quick enough and, and just kind of left it now that theory kind of makes sense about it shouldn't have happened but it kind of makes sense that that's kind of could have happened and um, the, the problem is so VAR is there to check the validity of the goal but they, they didn't do the check so didn't check or draw the lines to say oh yeah they, they have royally screwed up um, yeah, because I, I I think I saw something as well. And what Dan said is, as you're right, Dave, because the thing that got me was there were no lines. But I think if they've thought the on-field officials have given the goal, which is what they've thought, they then put a check complete message up. Yeah. Now, there's absolutely got to be a process change 
um, if that if that is the case, because there there shouldn't be a scenario where they they they're convinced it's a goal, even if they thought at the time the the on on pitch officials gave it, it was clear that they didn't. So can't they call him back then? Maybe at the moment the rules stipulate you can't once the check complete is up. Um, we've seen we've seen decisions be changed in the past. Ironically. The handball rule was changed after the Champions League semi, uh, Champions League final, wasn't it, between Tottenham and Liverpool? Liverpool. So, yeah. so rules can be changed. But what I want to know is, is that what the rule is? So, like you said, Dave, could VAR not call them back once they realised? Because it it would have been clear quite quickly that the the goal wasn't given. Yeah, so I believe because uh, Tottenham went on went on to take the free kick, they could not call it back because it's the next phase of play. But what you can clearly see is in the video footage and the stills that there was a VR, VAR check ongoing. There was communication between VAR and the referee, but they still carried on. Yeah. It, I, so I, I think what we need is the actual, we need the audio of what happened. Yeah. And I, I think there is going to have to be a call for complete transparency on this one because we keep on getting sold that offside decisions by VR is factual and is never wrong. Um, it's not contentious. It's always wrong. And yet we've had this come up. So I've to even restore a little bit of faith, even though I feel like the weekend has probably lost all remaining faith in, in the system. They're going to have to be transparent and say exactly what happened. Um, because it, it is a mess up. It is a farce. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it went in Tottenham's favour, but even... Me watching it, thinking that's not right. I, I, I don't want to see games and goals decided like that, even if it goes in favour of my team. It's, yeah. now, it's just just wrong. To 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 their credit, the PGMOL released a statement fairly soon after the game that said PGMOL acknowledges significant human error occurred during the first half of Tottenham Hotspur v Liverpool. The goal by Luis Diaz was disallowed for offside by the on-field t- team of match officials. This was a clear and obvious factual error and should have resulted in the goal being awarded through VAR intervention. However, the VAR failed to intervene. PGMOL will conduct a full review into the circumstances which led to the errors. So, you know, that came out quite quickly, but it is another statement from them about a decision that's gone wrong. Apologies don't get you points, do do they? And and how how many apologies have we had to the point where, actually, when are you going to do something about it? And, yeah. and stop costing. Now, and it's not just it's not just Liverpool. And obviously, Liverpool have come off the back of this and complained. Liverpool have benefited a lot from VAR decisions. Um, a lot of teams are being costed points and chances and opportunities. And you know, it wasn't so long ago that a club got relegated because the on-field goal was it Sheffield United got relegated because yeah, yeah. The, the goal was ruled out and uh, the goal line technology was switched off or something along those lines. Apologies are not just are not going to cut it in some of these situations. It, no, it needs and, needs improving. And this is it. And you know, this felt like it was a tipping point at the weekend. And everyone and and, and their dog, or everyone and Ben Davis's dog, were, were <laughs> chiming in on this. Now, you know what? Absolutely, the thing I want to say is every team has benefited incorrectly, as has every team been penalised incorrectly by this. Now. Liverpool have come out with the statement. I don't have it here, but what kind of what got me about their statement was they said they're investigating the, the options available to them at the end. I thought, as you said, Dan, and you said it in the, in the WhatsApp chat, I thought Klopp handled his post-match interview brilliantly. 
um, yeah. as opposed to how he has in the past been angry about cer- certain things. And when he had the absolute right to be, I thought he handled that really well. What I would like to see Liverpool do is call on every Premier League team to sit around the table and discuss what they do next, along with the PGMOL. I think that's yeah. the only way out of this. There's no, you know, basically, like I was saying, every team has had a bad decision or a good decision go their way with them. But it doesn't doesn't cover the fact that there have been shocking decisions made. And these technology, these things have been brought in to improve the game. But we're saying every week that, I, I said a couple of weeks ago, I'd almost rather you get rid of VAR and we go back to how it used to be because then at least you could say it was human error on the pitch and and you'd accept that. I think we don't accept it now because you, you've supposedly got a team in a, in a well, control centre. We, we were sold a solution where mistakes would no longer happen and that that's obviously not happened. So our expectation was set incorrectly um, and it's letting us down, essentially. So, okay, so, so everyone can absolutely agree that that goal should have been a goal. Um, then it made to make matters worse. I think Tottenham scored pretty soon after that, didn't they? Now, yeah. Let's talk about the red cards then. So, first red card. I know that we've had some disagreement between the three of us here. So, I'll I'll, get, I'll hand over to you two. Who wants to start then? So, this is just <laughs> that, that was a cop out. That was. <laughs> so for I'm this the host. One. I'm the host. So it's James, right? It was James, wasn't it? Went over. So for people. It was Jones went over the top, tried to control the ball, didn't, bounced off the top, and I've forgotten who was it he caught? Basuma. That's it, Basuma. It was initially awarded a yellow, wasn't it? And then VAR did call over to review, and on review, it was upgraded to a red. Yeah, I've I've got lots of issues with this as well, but not not so much the. Because I understand both sides. I can understand why it was given a red. I can understand what's the why. In my opinion, it shouldn't be a red. My issue is actually the way the VAR handled it and presented the inf- information to the referee on the VAR screen. So you're going to explain what happened there? Because I know exactly what you're talking about, but you should yeah. probably talk, talk it through. Yeah, so, so VAR did the initial review, then I sent the referee to the screen. But when the referee went over to the screen, the first thing that was presented is the still of Curtis Jones with his... Um, Foot against Basuma's, I think it was ankle washing, and that was a still. And then they they showed a load of replays in slow motion, which means everything always looks worse in slow motion. And I think they showed a couple of replays at normal speed, but not at the same angles from above. So the information they presented to the referee, I think, was biased toward giving the red card, which is essentially very what they're. they're- I, I, sorry, I do agree with that fact, but it's essentially what we're trying to do. It's almost like a persuasion exercise, isn't it? Because at the same yeah. time, what we don't hear is they are explaining what they're seeing and why they think it should be reviewed. So I guess yeah. there's a natural yeah. tendency to kind of influence the referee's decision at that point rather than giving Absolutely, an unbiased yeah. look. Yeah, so which I, I do understand why it was given. I mean, for me, it wasn't. I think because of the way you kind of went off the ball into the player. But do you not do, do you not feel that he lost? I, I don't know the right words are to lose control. But he obviously went for the centre of the ball. He missed it, and it bounced off the ball and into his shin. So I understand people saying that the intention was to get the ball, but what happened wasn't what he intended. So at what point is that now seen as dangerous play? Well, I think 
the way he went for it doesn't seem dangerous. In terms of he didn't go for the player, he went for the ball. You can see there's genuine attempt for the ball. Yeah. And having played football, that's what happens. And a lot of play in football these days is at the top of the ball using your the sole of your foot. And, and that happens a lot. And I, and I think things are just so quick now. Replaying these incidents in slow-mo makes things worse than they are. Yeah. He was very hurt, though. I thought it was a red. And to be honest, I didn't see it in real time. But when they started showing the clips, it, it looked dangerous. He could have ended up with a broke... I say he didn't intend to be dangerous, but the outcome was he nearly hmm. could have broken someone's leg. Um, yeah, and that's where I can see both sides. I can see yeah. from a Tottenham perspective why it would be a red. And I can see from a football perspective why it wouldn't be a red. Yeah. Okay, and any comments on the second sending off? Arse. Well, the the first one wasn't a yellow card, was it? It clearly no. didn't touch him. It wasn't a yellow card. And at that point, Jota's obviously running a risk of going in on a player on a, on a yellow card, um, which is what happened. But however, I, have, I didn't see this, but someone brought it to my attention. There was also another bookable challenge he made before he got booked initially. Um, so I don't know if that had a sway on the referee's mind of when the next thing happened, he was going to get booked. Maybe, but I, there's always people talk about that, and I don't like that if that's true either. Um, yeah. I mean... Well, go on, Dan. No, no, sorry, go on. Well, what I was going to say is it could be... Well, maybe the referees looked at it and think that's a totting up. Yeah, thing. maybe, yeah. But the problem yeah. is, if you go back to North London derby, Kulisewski and Romero made loads of fouls. They didn't get booked. So I'm not asking him to be sent off, but what I'm saying is there's a lack of consistency again. Yeah. Now, yeah, the first yellow card wasn't yellow card for Jota, but he should know better. If you're in yellow card, you don't make those types of challenges to attempt to win the ball. So he should know better. That's a funny thing. Oh, oh, go on. on. Now, I was going to say, just on that first one, absolutely wasn't a yellow, but I think following multiple replays, I think I could see probably what happened. He did rush, and I'm talking about the slightest of brushes, but ultimately, Idogi tripped over himself. I think that slight contact made him ever so slightly lose balance. Now, I think it looked worse because it looked like he was coming in from behind him at the time, and I think that's what it is. And then with Idogi then tripping over, I think he thought he's coming from behind. Definitely not a yellow, but But again, really, really unfortunate. Ironically, VAR doesn't act on a booking, does it? So VAR probably knew it wasn't a booking straight away. Um, but yeah. obviously they play it out because that's not the rules, which yeah. is another thing that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's a clear and obvious error. Just say, oh, look, you got it wrong. We've watched the replays. It's, he, he kicked himself yeah. and he, he went down. The, the thing I do want to bring up, so Tottenham should have had a player sent off as well, which is Udogi. So Udogi was in yellow card and then... I think he got fouled, but he waved the yellow card. You don't imagine a yellow card everyone wet, uh, waves. Yeah, he didn't yeah. get booked for it. No, I didn't see which that. Means, which means he would have should have been sent off. But again, it's that inconsistency. Yeah. I didn't Where, see like, that, so it didn't happen. Yeah, I do think, <laughs> right, one of the things is, you know, and to play devil's advocate, I think, you know, I don't think there can be a position where there's going to be 100% correct calls made in a game. I think if that's the case, we're going to add 30, 40 minutes 
to a game. Oh. But I think, well, yeah. all I was going to say, fundamentally though, that offside one, I keep saying the game is about goals. And if you then start chalking off allowed goals, and there is a history of it. I've still, I'm still bitter about the United goal, uh, our goal against United, what, about 15 years ago or so that went over the uh, line. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Whatever it was, Toby, yeah, no, Pedro Mendes yeah. from the halfway line. Yeah. But but basically, you know, there are going to be certain decisions go aren't that aren't necessarily going to be correct, but two or two or three of the big ones in this game, and not just this game, over the last few weeks we've seen them, they have to be right. Yeah, and I think so this is what you also saw in the last in the Tottenham Liverpool match. Robertson got booked for complaining to the referee. Uh, none of the Tottenham players got booked for complaining to the referee. I think maybe Basuma did. But there's a definite, I don't want to say bias, but the application of the laws was seems to be favoured for one club over another. And that applied to all the big decisions. That we do I'm see not, that. I'm not sure I'm not sure that's the case, Daniel. You're just talking about this one game. It's this one game. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know about that. I think you, you do often see it a lot and it does feel often that it's it's the one team against the other. But again, I don't know how that I mean, how you could possibly address that. I mean, for me, in my ideal world, Tottenham and Liverpool, both clubs will lose in the same match. That's what happens. <laughs> and, and this is where I think I can come in with a bit of, uh, I suppose, neutrality. Because I don't care. Which I don't one. think you could be neutral. <laughs> yeah. Come on, come on. Well, if you look at my reaction response to last week's North London derby, was I think I was quite measured. Well, that was approach. a measured game. I thought it was a measured game. This one, though. Yeah. All, all I was going to say is, I think pretty much every Tottenham fan as well will say there were wrong decisions made in that, but. Over a season, we are going to have wrong decisions. I said at the start, every team has incorrect decisions go for them. What we've got to do, I think there has to be an open and transparent conversation between teams and officials about avoiding some of the egregious ones that we have seen like yesterday. Uh, uh, Sorry, Saturday. Saturday's was terrible. I think what's hard as a Spurs fan to react after, you know, because there's obviously been a lot of talk from Liverpool when saying it's not good enough if you look at the Liverpool Tottenham fixture, there have been a number of mistakes by referees which have favoured Liverpool. And I know we talked about the Harry Kane one, and he should definitely have been sent off. But a lot of the others um, uh, were on Liverpool's favour. But I think what I want to see more of is something that Haaland did a few weeks ago and kind of said, actually, we've benefited from that incorrect decision. I think it was one a goal was disallowed, wasn't it, in Man City's favour? And Haaland kind of said, no, that's wrong. And I would almost feel a bit better about the Liverpool situation if they come out and said, we were affected by this. We know we favoured from it in the past. It's it's not good enough, though. But there seems to be an ignorance or an ignoring of all the times that each club have benefited from it when they complain, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, if I can if I look at Angie Postacoglu. Yeah. So, so last week we had a penalty. Well, we fought last in North London, but there's a penalty for handball. Again, I didn't think it was handball. Uh, and Postacoglu says, I don't know what's handball anymore. He's complaining about referees. This week, yeah. he said, referees make mistakes. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's because of Tottenham. I'm just using that as an example because I think all of them are the same in the way they react to respond because you'll take the advantage where you can. 
Yeah, but then likewise, last season, uh, Klopp told the Tottenham manager, I can't remember which one it was at the time because we had so many after Why after the game. Yeah, you've got other things to think about. You know, when he was complaining about a VAR decision, it was like, you should be worrying about other things. But now Liverpool are coming out with a statement. I think we've got to take emotion out of the game. What we've got to say is there was a clear mistake and there's been clear mistakes in not just that game, not just against Tottenham, against all teams. So have that conversation. I think that's what I'm saying. And and I think it's got to be all 20 teams at the Premier League, as well as the, the FA, as well as the Premier League, as well as the PGMOL. There's got to be discussion. Yeah. I think that's what I'm calling for. Take emotion out of it. You know, social media became quite a horrible place over the weekend in terms of football. But yeah, so the problem is this isn't the, the first time it's happened with the PGMOL. They've forgotten to draw, line, draw lines in the past. Mm. They did it at uh, Brentford Arsenal. And, but, and the, the other problem is, it's all well and good uh, them apologising, but it has a direct impact on points and finances and a lot of many other things. Yeah, no. Sheffield United I, got relegated, as Dan said, a couple of seasons yeah, I, ago. I don't, I don't think, I think that's fine. I think what Dan's trying to say and what I feel as well is that it should be, I don't think Liverpool could come out and say VR's crap or is badly impacted from it, but there needs to be a logical conversation where everyone sits down and go, this isn't working. It's happening too many times. Sometimes we've credited from it. Sometimes we've uh, been impacted by it, but it has to stop. But coming out and just ignoring all the times that you've been credited for it or taken advantage of it, I, I, that, that gets on my nerves. It annoys me. Liverpool have said all clubs, not just them. Um, so I, I have got their statement here. Well, if you've got a statement, read it, because then maybe okay. I'm misinterpreted. Yes, so we. Uh, so this was issued yesterday. So that, that was Sunday the 1st of October. And here we go. We fully accept the pressures that match officials work under, but these pressures are supposed to be alleviated, not exacerbated by the existence and implementation of VAR. It is therefore unsatisfactory that sufficient time was not afforded to allow the correct decision to be made and that there was no subsequent intervention. That such failings have already been categorised as significant human error is also unacceptable. Any and all outcomes should be established only by the review and with full transparency. This is, for, this is vital for the reliability of future, future decision-making as it applies to all clubs with learnings being used to make improvements and processes in order to ensure that kind of situation cannot occur again. In the meantime, we'll explore the range of options available, given the clear need for escalation and resolution. That's fair enough, but I, I, I just think a slight worded change would have made that all the better calling on all clubs to get involved. Because as, as we were saying, I think all, all Dan and I were saying is that no club ever comes out and says, yeah, that was a great game. We've got so many wrong decisions go our way, but we don't care. It's now something has affected a, a club at the top. It's it's caused this. So I think, well, yeah, every club now should be coming out and saying, yeah, we agree because next week it's us. Last week it was them. Next This week it's us and next week it'll be you. It's, you know, I think that's what it is. There's no... There's no discrimination, or it or it doesn't discriminate against a certain team. This is this is across all the teams, um, and it just feels like, for whatever reason, this has been the tipping point. 
I, I, you know, and I don't know why when it's... Well, let's, 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 let's hope it is the tipping point and let's hope it's, uh, yeah. you know, right. the, the, the one that changes it. But um, yeah. I kind of want to move on, though. If, if... I've got, sorry, one more thing on the Liverpool yeah, game. Go, go for it, go for it. I, I think Liverpool should have had a penalty as well. Was uh, Van der Ven went through the Liverpool player to get the ball. I don't recall that moment either. It's uh, white tinted glasses right there. No, no, just just that my kids around me at the time, so some of these moments I didn't catch. But one thing we haven't—I know, sorry, Daniel got in general. One thing we haven't commented on is the actual game. We've only commented on 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 the refereeing decision. Um, So I kind of felt that Liverpool were actually brilliant when they went down to nine men. I thought they were really, really good. um, The way they kept Tottenham out. And it, it was quite interesting because Tottenham couldn't break them down at all. And he only t- and because Tottenham were a counter-attacking team, their goal come from off the back of Liverpool actually having a set piece down the other end. So it was quite interesting to watch how, again, when a player, when a when a team goes down to nine or ten men, that they become incredibly difficult from that point onwards. Oh, you just pack the you just pack the box, don't you? That that's yeah. the thing. Um, well, it's but quite yeah, no, I do. I do, do you want to hear move my on. Do you want to hear my red card fact really quickly? So there have been 15 games with red cards this season. And in those 15 games, there's only been two games where the team with extra men have profited from a a goal from from open play. And one of them was the own goal scored on Saturday. So it just shows that sometimes a team going down to 10 men isn't always advantageous or produces a different difficulty. It, it is interesting because when you look back at his matches, how many have been really bad in terms of tackles and behaviour? Yeah. They probably haven't been. It does seem to be an uptick in cards being issued, which, which lines the pockets of the FA. Yeah. yeah. Actually, just on that before I get the last word. So, yeah. To, I've, got, to I've add got one sort, more thing, actually. No, no. To add salt into the wounds for <laughs> Liverpool... Um, they're potentially facing a fine for the amount of bookings in the game and a fine for McAllister saying that Spurs played with 12 men. So, yeah, the, the, the weekend's just seems to be getting a bit worse for, for, for Liverpool Football Club. Um, is it a quick thing, Dave? Yeah, to it's on Tottenham celebrations. Now, I know we discussed in the past, we have no problem with last-minute ones, but I thought this was, the way he celebrated was wrong. Why? Given the way the referee managed the game and the VIR result. Uh, no, I, I, think think I, I don't think that would be apparent from... I don't think yeah. that's apparent to the players at the time. I, I doubt would we've... Have been. I'll tell you I, why. Because Klopp said he knew at half time that it was the wrong decision. Yeah, but I don't, I don't reckon the players did. I, I'd well, be surprised if those Tottenham players knew it was that farcical at that moment. But then if you're playing against nine men, that's also... Well, we've, seen, really? we've seen we've seen Liverpool when they drew um, one all with West Brom former line. Now I know that was said to to, to thank the fans for travelling. We've seen I think Arsenal team well, have done was it. it against nine men. What what does that matter? They've won a game. Are we telling mm. are we telling teams now not to celebrate? Well, all because... of last season there was a call for Arsenal to stop celebrating. No, that was wrong. Who's saying that's right? That's I'm not saying it's thing, right. Is... What I'm saying is I thought the celebrations were excessive given the circumstances. I think the nature of it being a 96-minute goal, yeah. I think if we went on to steamroll them like three or four, one, 
um, we'd have just walked off the pitch and applauded the fans. I, I don't in think a, they would have celebrated. Yeah, in a fixture that we would, in a fixture that we 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 would lose nine times out of ten. I I don't know. I think I think football fans and football world are start is starting to become extremely fickle. I, I was embarrassed by it. Well, I'll be honest. Why embarrassed? It feels a bit strong. Does it really? Well, you're playing against nine men. You scored a last minute winner. And then your social media antics at the end, given what everyone knows, it just adds to it. It just adds fuel to the fire. Not much has been saying about the, the vile racism, though, being aimed at a doggy either following that game. That wasn't in your agenda, Dan. But it should be. <laughs> no, neither, should was, be. neither was this. Neither was celebrating. No, it, sh- no, it should be. Look, it should be, did they? Did they... Did, is there a case to say they over-celebrated? Possibly for some other teams. But like we said, at the moment, this Spurs team uh, are enjoying themselves. They've got their, they've got their, their mojo back. There's a fantastic unity. They celebrated a win. If it was away from home, I'd give it that. But if we're now saying that teams can't celebrate, yes, excessive, but it's not like they were going over say to can't. the Liverpool excessive what it was Liverpool so what, were a better team with even 10 men they were better team over Tottenham and Dan has said that we've said that we've admitted that but it doesn't mean the team can't celebrate a, I'm not saying they celebrate but the way they celebrated was embarrassing that's what I'm saying I, I, I think that's over the top I think a 96 so minute winner yeah. the stadium's going absolutely crazy because it's a team like Liverpool a 96 um, minute winner against 9 men but against that, Liverpool, I, I think against that, nine men. But that, but that I think, but that. So, so the if fans, there's a sending off, the celebration, there's a graduation of celebrating. That, that's what I don't get. You can't. It's emotion. If you're then taking emotion out of the game, hang on. You just said don't take. You got to take emotion out of the game earlier. When it comes to anger and toxicity, not when no, it comes yeah. to celebrating. When it comes ah, to so how we Susie agenda. No, when it comes to how we treat an a, an inherent failing in a system we've got. But to celebrate, I think... Well, from what I, I've I seen, Tottenham I, fans are celebrating the failure because it led no. to your winning. No, I don't... Because... I, because I, you, yeah, if you look at social of, media and look at the way Tottenham fans are behaving on social media, then it's because, quite... Because a lot of the fans are attacking Tottenham fans about it. Now, look, when Liverpool were called Liverpool, did anyone say anything about them then? No. When yeah, Arsenal get different decisions your way, does anybody say anything? It feels it like... It doesn't happen because we, we've had second highest most apologies from the PGMOL from the stakes it's not a, that's not a great competition to be fair to win so well, <laughs> you know, it, the, it shows there are certain teams that re- receive more than others that doesn't mean you don't get any so what I'm trying to say is had Tottenham had any apologies should no, that's, that's not a good thing either we should have done no but you haven't for, for anything that's clear and obvious or egregious I, I think I think we're going. We, you know, happy to if we if we want to cut everything else out of the quiz. Happy to to discuss this for a bit longer. I just think, spur. You know, we've said social media is a toxic and it isn't reflective of the wider thing. Now, Spurs fans were coming under a lot of attack, so in the end, they're kind of having fun, like the teams that are, 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 are criticising Tottenham last year. I think I said last year or the season before. Tottenham were one of only three or four teams. I remember West Ham being one that didn't, that weren't penalised or didn't benefit. Far gave nothing to them. Yeah, every other, you know. But what do we do? Do we do we? Is there is there a campaign to say against other fans to say 
you know, you 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 did better than we did because Far didn't give us anything. I I just think there's, you know, in this day and age, we're seeing a lot more camaraderie in sport in in football. There's a lot more unity. You know, Arsenal show great atmosphere, great support. That should be applauded. And Tottenham winning the game and the Spurs fans, you know, the Spurs uh, team expelling that adrenaline in terms of celebration. Yeah, I could see why others would, would have an issue, but I think there's other things to worry about. I think as well, and I think, Dave, you mentioned about Tottenham fans' reaction to social media. I think Tottenham fans find it really difficult at the moment to feel sympathy for Liverpool fans after what happened last season um, and Jurgen Klopp's reaction to it. So when Jota kicked Skip in the head, um, Klopp was very condescending uh, to Tottenham, saying that you need to worry about something else. And he was also condescending to Ryan Mason, who had to give up football because of a head injury. Um, so I think that played a part in it. And then Jota obviously went on to score the winner in, in the last few moments. So I think when Tottenham fans see Liverpool fans complaining about a celebration, uh, so sorry, complaining about a refereeing decision, that is in the forefront of their mind of the way they're reacting. And I kind of get it because I felt a bit like that over the weekend. It's like, well, come on, you guys, you've got short-term memory. You know, we, you you benefited from a ridiculous decision last season um, and, and now we have now. And I'm not saying that that decision is right. That decision is definitely wrong and PGML should come out and review that. But I think that's why you're getting the reaction between the between the Tottenham fans and the Liverpool fans. Also, you showed me one where the the, the Tottenham fans are doing a wind up. I'll show you a, a genuine reaction where they say, "Yeah, we we were fortunate." That but that's social media. There's a, there's there's that cesspit side of it, and there's that good side of it. It just depends kind of the accounts you're following, or which unfortunately get posted to your timeline. But anyway, this is rumbling on. This all will rumble on, so stay tuned for the next few weeks. Um, I'm going to have to drop a lot of things, but it's good that we had this conversation. What I did want to call out was um, Jude Bellingham scored again. La Liga, 78. Serie A, I wanted just to call out one game. Inter were nil-nil at halftime to Salernitana away. Lautaro Martinez came on in the 55th minute and scored four goals to win the game 4-0 for them. Barcelona, we're not going to get time to talk about it. Is that news? Is that news? Into winning? uh, No, four goals coming on, nil-nil, four goals in in half an hour, I think. Barcelona will be the news. Well, there's a lot of of vile behaviour on social media this week. Um, And you've both decided to talk about this a lot so we've cut it out (laughs) (laughs) yeah we've got Victor Osimhen Napoli uh, shows why some uh, clubs shouldn't have social media we've also got a couple of events that happened to Son last week and to a doggy this week which I think again shows the the scandalous side or the toxic side of social media. So I think that we should do a special on that if we want to go into it, but we're not going to do justice in two minutes, which is why I didn't want to bring it up. Um, in, in in La Liga as well, Barcelona won 1-0 against Sevilla. The news there was that the Sevilla clubs refused to sit in the director's box and shunned the pre-match meal. Um, that is because of an investigation they're under, which I was going to bring up, but... 
we, we, we don't have time, but basically Barcelona are under formal investigation for bribery uh, of officials for favourable uh, decisions against them. So they've been accused of paying 7 million euros, apparently, between 2016 and 2018. Um, don't know if anybody, if either of you have got anything on that. Like I said, it is a, is a fairly big story. But Am I allowed um, to say anything? No, you can say it. We can yeah, just give I, it a I quiz. Think the, so from what I understand, the ramifications are bigger than just La Liga. Uh, and it could encroach on the European competitions as well. I think so. And I think if they are found guilty of that, then then absolutely. Um, did I it have it? It feels there's going to be another Man City thing where it's going to rumble on for a long time. Yeah. Um, I, have I got anything? Obviously, Barcelona are saying no, uh, not admitting to anything. Um, but it is, it is spanning two decades. I think... I think it came up because I think the the the, the company or the organisation that's owned by um, or this official's part of is being investigated. And I think Barcelona have come up as part of that because um, the Spanish police raided the offices of the referees committee at the weekend as part of the investigation. So you know this is a this is a big thing that's happening, and uh, it's going to. Um, Rumble on. Barcelona acknowledged that they paid the company, which it described as an external technical consultant, to compile video reports on referees with the aim of complementing the information required by the coaching staff. They have said that paying for reports is a habitual practice among professional clubs. So, yeah. The fact, though, that um, 19 other La Liga clubs issued a statement expressing deep concern, though, I think sort of throws a bit of uh, water onto that, that statement. And the, the only other thing um, I was going to bring up was that the whole Castore shirt seemed to hit the, the big time at this, this weekend with the De Villa, both the male and female teams. Um, have you seen it? The, the shirts don't, or they don't absorb the sweat properly. So basically they look like wet, wet shirts, basically, by the end of it. Yeah. And apparently they add 500 grams of weight during the matches, which people have said, because Brentford last year had, had a similar issues with it. And Newcastle have got it, and they've actually terminated the contract this year as well with Castori. So you kind of feel for them at the moment. Um, it's but, quite it's quite incredible, isn't it? Because like Castori is a big tennis make. It's endorsed by Andy Murray um, as well. So it's kind of weird that they have those problems in sports clothing and it's not addressed. Uh, yeah. Where's the testing for the shirt as well? This is it. This is what I was going to say. You'd have thought there'd be a pre-season or, or, or some sort of testing, but... Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it yeah. felt really weird. Maybe because Story just offered him a load of money. Yeah, uh, he got take our kit. Yeah, so to their credit, they released a statement that said they're working with Aston Villa. But it's it's funny how yeah, Brentford and Newcastle have, have all had similar thing. And yeah, the the women's league, which probably won't get around to 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 discussing, kicked off yesterday. And and the Aston Villa women said they've got obviously concerns about that kit as well. So. Yeah, let's hope that can be, um, uh, what's the word, corrected soon. So, on to the quiz. Now, this is going to be a general knowledge quiz, um, so not a challenge as such. Now, I had to get rid of one because I did fact check these, so you'll be pleased to know, um, and one I thought was wrong, so I got rid of it, and I, I checked the others. Um, 
I've actually got 11 questions because I had one as a backup in case it was a draw. So we'll do it penalty shootout. Uh, 1 to 11 you can choose from. It's who has the most. Now you're going to get a question and you're going to get four answers. And it's who's, which one of those answers has got the most of that question. It'll all become okay. apparent as we say it. So I think, Dan, as you weren't here last week... Dave's going to go first. So, Dave, do you want to? Do you want to? <laughs> Dave, do you want to pick one to eleven? Number ten. Who has? Oh, this is a brilliant one. Who has the most Premier League shots that hit the woodwork? Right. Your your choices are Fernando Torres, Luis Suarez, Olivier Giroud, or Robin van Persie. So in the Premier League, which one of those had the most shots that hit the woodwork? Giroud, Van Persie, Suarez. Or Torres. I'm going to go for Giroud. Incorrect. It was Van Persie. So Van Persie had 44. Giroud had 20, Suarez 26, and Torres 21. Then, of, all, of all time, Dan, or just out of those In the Premier League. In, in the Premier out, League, out Van Persie has hit the post more than out of those four. So there's some, there's yeah, people yeah. have got it more. There could but... be, there could be, yeah, can but it's I, just... Can right. I ask, is this posting in or posting out? Does it include crossbar? It just you on the Premier the question, League Dave, side. Got it, yeah, on the Premier League I'm side. Awesome. <laughs> On the, on the Premier League, the Premier League site just says woodwork. Right. Oh, woodwork. Okay. Yeah, Dad. Uh, what, uh, I'll go for one, please. Ten. One. Who has a <laughs> simple one? There are a couple of simple ones. Who has the most Champions League titles as a manager? Alex Ferguson, Carlo Ancelotti, Pep Guardiola, Zinedine Zidane. Uh, Guardiola. Is that your answer? Should yes. it be? Oh, yeah. well, no, no, that's your answer. You said Guardiola, but that's <laughs> yes. wrong. No, it's that's Carlo wrong. Ancelotti. It's oh. Carlo Ancelotti. So Carlo Ancelotti has four, Guardiola has three, Zidane has three, and Ferguson had two. So Dave, one to 11, not one or 10. Should I just said two to 11, not 10. 11, please. Who has the most appearances in a Champions League final? Ajax, Barcelona, Benfica, or Juventus? Most appearances in Champions League final. Ajax, Barcelona, Benfica, or Juventus? Barcelona. Feels like a trick that, question. That is Juventus. Juventus had nine. Really? Barcelona had eight. Benfica seven, Ajax six. Go for number two. Have we had two yet? No. Let's go number Who two. has got the all-time Champions League's most all-time Champions League goals? Andriy Shevchenko, Edison Cavani, Ruud van Nistelrooy, Thierry Henry. Most Champions League goals. Shevchenko, Cavani, van Nistelrooy, Henry. Oh, that's a tough one, isn't it? Let's a lot go. of these could be guess. Let's go. Let's go, Chevchenko. Incorrect. Is it Henri? Because that's who I was going to go for, and I thought maybe it's. No, it's Van Nistelrooy. 
Vanissa had 56, Henri had 50, Shevchenko 48, Cavani 35. Dave, three fighting, to fighting on, fighting on a nil-nil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number eight. Eight. Clean sheet record. So, which of these had the most clean sheets? David Seaman, Mark Schwarzer, Peter Schmeichel, Tim Howard. Seaman, Schwarzer, Schmeichel, Howard. I don't think played many games, so maybe have more. Let me go with Spunky. <laughs> Seaman. <laughs> that is correct. It was Schwarzer. It was Schwarzer. It was Schwarzer had choice. 151. Uh, Seaman had 141. Schmeichel 128. Tim Howard 132. So now you've got three to seven or nine. Three, please. Most World Cup goals. David Villa, Eusebio, Gary Lineker, Mbappe. I think it might be Lineker. Is that your answer? Yes, that's why I've said it. Incorrect. <laughs> oh, it's Mbappe. Is it Mbappe? Really? Yeah. yeah, Villa got nine, Eusebio nine. Lineker 10, Mbappe 12. Well, from the site I got it from anyway. All of this to be fact-checked. Yeah, I want to check he's, the he's the site you were checking on. Maybe they've changed since I did this, but I don't think uh, David Gill <laughs> got more goals yet. Or Lineker. Uh, Dave, four to seven and nine. Seven, please. Seven. Premier League assists. Christian Eriksen, David Silva, Dennis Bergkamp, Thierry Henry. Well, what's the question? Most Premier League assists. Oh, Ericsson assists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ericsson, Silva, Burkamp, Henry. This isn't the most ever, is it? So. And not most ever, just out of those four. Give me those names again, please. Ericsson, Silva, Bergkamp, um, Henri. Henri. Incorrect, oh, it was Bergkamp. Is it? No, it's Bergkamp, yeah. Wow. yeah. Ericsson got 75, Silva 93, Bergkamp 94, Henri 74. Mm. Oh. Right, I'm going to need one of you to score. Scoot down, four, <laughs> five, six, nine. Number four, please. Most Premier League appearances Emil Heskey, Jamie Carragher, Peter Crouch, Stephen Gerrard. Most appearances Heskey, Carragher, Crouch, or Gerrard? It's definitely someone that's played for Liverpool. <laughs> 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 I don't think it's Heskey. I'm I'm torn about Peter Crouch. I feel like he's he played for a long, long time. But I'm also Carragher was never present, wasn't he as well? I'm gonna go Peter Crouch, my gut instinct's Peter Crouch. Dave, what would you have said? I said Carragher. No, it was Heskey. 
Really? Heskey had 516. Jamie Carragher 508. Peter Crouch 468. Gerard 504. Right, last round of questions. Five, six, or nine, Dave? So five. <laughs> no, sorry, it's just the, the topic of the question. Most Premier League headed goals. So, most Premier League headed goals. Andy Carroll, Olivier Giroud, Romelu Lukaku, Wayne Rooney. Farrell, Giroud, Lukaku, or Rooney? I'm going to go for the HFB, Joyce. Yeah, the handsome French bloke. Didn't need the answer. And Giroud. <laughs> and it's in! Yay! Back of the net, headed into the back of the net, Andy Carroll had 24, Giroud had 32, Lukaku 25, Rooney 21. So Dan, you got six or nine? Six. All-time goals for Barcelona. Luis Suarez, Rivaldo, Ronaldo, Samuel Eto'o. I'm going to go Eto'o. Dave, you've won. Congratulations, Don't just dismiss me like that. What was the answer? <laughs> Suarez. So, Eto had 108, Ronaldo 34, Rivaldo 86, and Luis Suarez had 147. So, so how many was I out by? Just a handful of goals? No. No, you were out by about 39. So. Oh, okay. And the irony, the irony was you, you both avoided number nine. So, let's just have it. This was the most Premier League red cards so it's Gareth Barry, Patrick Vieira, Roy Keane, or Vinnie Jones. No idea, Vieira. I'll say Keane. It was Vieira. So shame you didn't pick that one. Fix. <laughs> <laughs> that is all we've got time for. Um, Can we get a VAR check? Oh, well, Dan, I expect a, like an ap- apology announcement on Twitter or X shortly after this. Uh, if you. <laughs> Yeah, if you've got any views or comments on anything we said, yeah, do get in touch with us. Just look for Just Football on social media, um, on Twitter or X, where Just Football Pod. Um, yeah, stay tuned. So I think this um, this far, this PGMOL is going to rumble. I think a lot's going to come out of this. Um, just a shout out to two blokes from Blighty, from me, for Joey and Tim. Um, Dave, any Dan, anything from you? Yeah, something no. for me. Sorry for wanting you two up. I was joking about a celebration, by the way. I just want to get a reaction. <laughs> oh, too late. People have switched off now. But done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any, any shout outs from any of you before we go? Well, you must have seen me laughing on camera. Anyways, I was talking no. about it. No, I was too busy seeing red at the time. I was, uh, I was away. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <you are. laughs> okay, well, if there isn't anything else, we'll see you next week. Uh, cool. Thank you all. Thanks for listening to Just Football. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please share with your friends and family. We're available on all podcasting platforms and you can follow us on X at Just Football Pod. In the meantime, keep your head up and your eyes on the ball.